0: Hello, beautiful people. Quick question. Have you ever thought to yourself, I've been passed up for a promotion, but I don't understand why? Or, I want to change in my career, but where do I even begin? We know we're not the only ones that have had these questions, and that's why we started this podcast. It's called Career Gems for the Journey, and we hope that as you listen, you'll discover some gems for your career journey. I'm Leah Murphy, and I wear many hats. I'll tell you about three of them. I'm an engineer by trade, a career coach, and an entrepreneur, all while working to stay happily married and raise three children.
1: And my name is Amma Gordon. I'm a brand marketer, entrepreneur, and serial passion pursuer with a business approach to my endeavors, but always with a creative spin. And we're two really great friends that have supported one another throughout our professional careers. I mean, we've been through it all, and we're here to share some authentic stories key successes, and setbacks. You're not going to want to miss this. She's
2: sharp.
0: Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Career Gems for the Journey. I am Leah
1: and this is Ama. Welcome, welcome, welcome back if you're a loyal listener. And for the first time, if you're joining us for the absolute first time ever, where have you been all of our lives I know,
0: right? to, to join you today? So we are here today and we have a guest that we're gonna introduce in a moment, but Amma and I need to cover some bases, right? On every episode lately, we've been really focusing on doing a check-in just to see how folks are doing so we don't rush right to the business of it all. Um, So um, I'll start with you. How are you feeling today?
1: I'm feeling wonderful. I did my meditation this morning, so I am really calm Mm. and I am really focused and centered the weather is amazing. Leah's probably gonna laugh because she, whenever whenever people start talking about weather, she's like, "Oh, here we go. What is here weather? we go? <laughs> Elevator at work. Like that's what I. That's oh,
0: where I uh, go. How was
1: your weekend? The weather was great. <laughs> Get out of here. Go ahead, talk about the weather. Uh, but I'm feeling real relaxed. I mean, listen. I mean, if you've listened to our episodes before, you might remember that I've moved a lot. I've lived in Miami. I'm really sensitive to my environment and sunshine and weather so right now I am back in New York uh, but I'm super excited that it's sunny outside it's going up close to, it's close to 60 degrees I just got a little trench coat this is good I'm living life life is good and Leah's got some great earrings on right a little a nice purple lipstick the only thing about podcasts is you can't see us
0: but I see it. she looks beautiful how you feeling Leah? Thank you. I mean, I feel better now that you've given me a little bit of love, right? A little effort. You have a little rouge like, on
1: the cheeks. I know. Oh, shoot. Right?
0: So there's a backstory to it. There's a backstory to it, right? Because Amma and I record together regularly, and she's seen me in all phases of readiness. But you know, that's that's between the two of us. That's you know, that's because that's our business. But today, I had a very important event that happened. I had an interview to complete my certification to be a woman-owned business. So yes, Lee. So oh, for the certification. Yes. So what that means. It was so right. It had been a long standing, you know, a long standing process. It took me about two and a half months to do the full application process. And what it means is my business will have the opportunity to work with larger institutions that earmark funds specifically for women-owned minority-owned business so it was really an opportunity for me to take advantage of some earmark funds that you know lots of people are doing on the corporate side on the institutional university side so i really wanted to get into that so you're on the list for me, me. i'm on the, to the list. list like you gotta be you gotta be in the consideration set to get selected so exactly on the list and black i think and white Right. It, it brought me it brings me to something we talked about before. Right. With like setting big audacious goals for yourself and really doing, you know, letting that be the motivation for you to do the work, you know, one day at a time. So after two and a half months now, finally, I did the last part of the interview and I'm confident we're going to get to the other side. But that's also why I got a little judged because, you know, had to put a little face on and thus. Um, in order for that interview <laughs> process to happen, so, yeah, thus, thus, <laughs> thus, you see that, you see that, I be and reading, therefore, therefore, <laughs> and and therefore, therefore, too. Um, so yeah, so that's so I'm feeling pretty good today about that accomplishment. I like to celebrate the small wins. I'm gonna let that carry me through the rest of the day. That was a big um, win, but keep, keep, going. yeah, it was a big. Okay, you're right, you're right. Noted. Win. It was, it was a big win. So I'm feeling, feeling pretty good um, about that overall, and I'm really excited for this podcast podcast episode. We've been, man, this has been in the making for a little while now. And the reason why we, I'm more excited than normal, which I don't even know how that's possible, is we heard you. We heard you. We heard listeners. We got some feedback. Like, listen, you guys have been bringing on fire guests. Your guests have been amazing. It's a lot of women, right? A lot of, lot of estrogen flowing through the episode. And Amma and I are obviously Black women. So We believe in, you know, celebrating and acknowledging black women and having them as guests, but we also believe in bringing in our other half bringing in black men on the episode white men on the episode, you know, the ones that are deserving. So what we were able to do today. <laughs> Only the ones that are deserving. We're not bringing on no, no basics.
1: That was like slight shade. Bit, like it that. was. It All was men nice. are not deserving. i All mean, men The level of caliber that we've got expectations. This is called career gems for the journey, people, Facts. right? Facts. One, they've got to have a career. Right? <laughs> there you go. Two, they've got to have some gems to share. Right? <laughs> You see? You
0: see? So like, no, all people are not deserving. We are very selective about who we bring on this platform because we want to make sure we give you, our listeners, the best quality and the best impactful gem engagement that you guys can get. So we're here to do that for you today. So we're going to introduce our guest. Uh, and our guest today is Mishak Cleary. So Mishak, you want to say hello before I read your bio?
2: Hello, hello, hello. So excited to be here. Um, and I, I, I see the chemistry between Amma and Leah, you are real friends. Um, I, what everybody missed on the, in the conversation was Amma um, pausing a part of the conversation to, to get Leah to share something in person, and it was, it was just the best time ever. So I'm excited for it. Um, I, I'm in front of two intentional, beautiful Black women, and, and I can't wait for a great conversation
1: yes we're happy to have you we will always welcome some comments some compliments right
0: there we go there we go so um so we're gonna give a full disclosure mishak and am and i all went to temple university at the same time um so we met at temple tu right um owls go hard and we don't even have to be like searching for people to bring on from Temple because Meshach and I actually studied in the same discipline and were you know he was years ahead of me in school so just kept track of one another on LinkedIn and through social media and have always um, wanted to you know shout each other out for doing great work so this has been a great opportunity to be able to bring him on I'm going to read his bio and then we're going to jump into the episode so
1: wait Meshach you were an engineering major too?
2: I was an engineering major, mechanical engineering.
1: Was he? Hey, you were mechanical engineering just mechanical like Leah. What? How, yeah. how did I not know that? You were so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shade, Leah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I raised you better than this. I did. I raised well, yeah, we,
1: we already know that you're you're the exception to the rule as well, right? Like you're fun and you're cool. But I just remember seeing shake That's the only thing, right? Like I would, maybe it's because we were all RAs also. So That's probably true. Well,
2: well yeah. I'm, what i I'm what just trying to say is that I was never studying. I was always out <laughs> in the street. Or you how had a you great pass? balance. How did you How did you figure it out? <laughs> she yeah, like
0: you might have because- had a good balance. She makes fun so, of me because there are whole things that i missed, like, oh, Leah wasn't there. It's because I was in the lab. Like, I just, I wasn't there. I could, wasn't available.
2: The, so. the truth is I have the same experience with my friends. Um, it just, it's all relative. So you saw me, um, and and but I was in the engineering building a lot. I, I didn't start studying until like 9 PM. So I was out during the day and I figured it out. And then I, my rule was I didn't study on Fridays and Saturdays. So Sunday, I, I spent all my time. You
1: y'all hear me. that, people? Balance, balance, balance right?
0: Let's go. So um, get into your bio here. With about 20 years of experience effectively leading and coaching individuals and teams, Meshek is the most passionate about helping people be at their natural best, both personally and professionally. Meshek started his career in the GE Operations Management Leadership Program and following the completion of the program, had several years of increasing responsibility in strategy, execution um, for the business for GE, as well as fulfillment strategy. So, He's since left, done some amazing things at Ingersoll Iran, and now is the vice president of global operations at SPX Flow Incorporated. So I just want to say that again, because I like to give people their flowers when their titles deserve acknowledgement, the vice president of global operations at a major institution. So Mishak, welcome to the episode. This is real. We're glad to have you.
2: Man, I would have come sooner if I would have heard that introduction. <laughs> um, yeah, whoever wrote that is pretty good, but whoever just read that is amazing. Absolutely amazing.
0: You know, these podcast gems, you really, you're really laying it on and I love it. So tell us, give us the two minute background. In addition to what we read in your bio, give us a little bit more about your background and how you landed where you are today.
2: Um, yeah, so, so maybe I'll start with um, maybe fully where I am today, and then, I, and then I'll quickly run through um, how I got to this point. Um, so, so in addition to the role that I have leading a, a, a global operation you know, with, within SPX Flow, I'm also finishing school in May um, with an executive MBA, doing an executive MBA program at Yale. Whoa, um, so whoa, 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 that.
0: whoa, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, let's just, let's enjoy that for a moment. Let's really let that sink in. For you. Can you repeat that? You're finishing a what at where? Yeah, I'm,
2: <laughs> I'm, f- I'm finishing um, an executive MBA program at Yale, SOM, Yale School of Management. Um, I'll graduate May 23rd on a Monday. Um, <laughs> four more class weekends. Nice. The That's one today nice. that I fly out to. Um.
1: Look at cool. you, yeah. engineering yeah. degree and a business degree. See, I want <laughs> that balance. He's a little bit of Leah, a little bit of Ama. We're a little mishmash, collaborative team. You know, because you know, I'm team NBA all day.
2: Best decision of my life, um, to date, to date, um, and and or, or the, the most recent best decision, having two daughters and being married, more more important than that. But way to clean Really that up. good decision. Um, I, was, I appreciate that. Unprompted, unprompted. <laughs> um, I, I listen to women, so <laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited for it. I, it. I I tried to use the the years of COVID to grow. Um, it, it's been a, a, a ride. I've I've juggled a lot of things, um, but I think I've to your point found balance in an effective way. Um, one of the, one of the great things about the, the program at Yale. I know I'm going beyond my two minute introduction, but that's only because you stopped me. So just for the for the for the record, you took me on this tangent that I'm going to reel us back into. Um, but but no, I mean one of the one of the great things about the program is. the the school's mission around um, educating leaders for business and society. And and that intersection was really important to me. And I know we're going to get into a lot of that as you talk about career gems, but that is really important at my core. Um, And I think it was at a great point in my life, you know, being able to, you know, have a balance working virtually and and managing my time more effectively. And also, you know, with increases in responsibility in the roles at SPX Flow, it's just been a really relevant time. But that's what I do now. Um, You kind of talked about the background. So I started my career um, after graduating from Temple um, with a mechanical engineering degree, I had an intern my junior year through NSBE, um, shout out to We went, went out to Anaheim, California, got an opportunity with G to intern.
1: And for all those who aren't aware, NSBE is the National Society of Black Engineers. I just want to go on the record and say that it's the MBA graduate that explained uh, what the acronym stands for. I am fully also team engineers as well who tend to have our conferences in similar cities. Um, so just want to let everyone know what Nesby
0: stands for. So wait, it. I'm I'm going to jump in here. I'm going to jump in <laughs> because first of all I we we did a whole episode before with some other you know really impactful people who mentor sponsors of mine who loved Nesby as much as I did. So every time I hear it it just gives me this warm nostalgic feeling and we're in the season right? Like we would have been prepping for a Nesby National Conference. The National Society of Black Engineers produces high quality, exceptionally talented people coming out of those programs. Really great organization. I think they're doing a great job and deserve more acknowledgement. So I wanted to shout them out since you mentioned them here today. And I was also at that California Anaheim Conference. It was dope. It was amazing. Carrie. No,
2: no, question. I have I have some pictures that, that'll be that'll long live all of us. Um no, no that'll picture. never come out. They're physical pictures and i and I won't even take a picture to text it to somebody because then it's digital and digital is forever. That's the power. <laughs> Oh, we gotta keep it in. The, we
1: gotta keep it in the archives, right? Exactly. Um
2: exactly. You know what
1: you said, though, uh, Mishak, which I think is worth kind of expounding upon is you recognize the gap, right? Whether it was a gap that was identified by someone else, whether it was a gap that was uh, self identified, or maybe you know you found from from multiple sources and that is what drove you to pursue an executive MBA mm-hmm. uh, so can you talk a little bit about how you've identified gaps in your career at any point in time right we just talked about one where you felt like you needed an MBA and mm-hmm. how you were able to navigate that whether it was through you know coaches or sponsors through mentorship you know can you talk a little bit about the gaps that you've identified throughout your career over the years? Yeah. And um, how you've closed that and addressed
2: them? Absolutely. Um, that's that's actually such a great question. And and I as as I think about it, I, I love I love the question even more because it, it it forces me to stop and reflect on some things that you know only as I'm speaking out loud, maybe the first time I, I articulate or acknowledge some of those things um, verbally. But you know, t- t- to your point, there was a prompt um, to get to, to to go pursue this MBA. Um, and if I back all the way up, there was a prompt to go to Anaheim, California and go get an internship, you know, leading up to that point. Um, I was actually working for the New York times while I was at school in Philly and, and, um, you know, if they paid really well, that's how I paid through pay for college. And, um, you know, New York was close enough that I was going back and forth both through the holidays and some weekends, um, you know, to be able to just earn money and and do that. But New York times is very different in terms of experiences that you get versus being an engineer and, and wanting to know um, sort of what you're going to do when you graduate. And so as a junior, um, I was part of Nesby throughout. Um, there was actually a gentleman, I should shout him out, Alex Camps, who uh, another odd story is he lives in Charlotte now. And I saw him last week at the airport um, and, we're, and, we're, and we're, I met his daughter. We're going to spend time hanging out. So come full circle. Alex Camps was the chair of Nesby. And he really was the plug. Like he was telling everybody when we were in school, like, look, this is this is Nesby. got to get involved. He was holding study sessions, um, you know, in the engineering building. And he was a couple of years ahead of us, but he was also older than us. Um, so, so he had more life experience before coming to school. And so, you know, knowing that um, I needed to get um, experience in my major, you know, I, I had none and I was entering my junior year and, and the Nesby and the conference was the opportunity for me to do that. So I scrounged up some money to get a flight. You know, got out to California. I think three of us shared a room in California. That that was um it was it was real. <laughs> but um had a great time and, and that's when I connected G. So that was the first prompt in terms of um perspective, right? I didn't have that perspective. I was thinking about paying for school, you know, getting through school and, and minimizing the amount of loans that I had coming out of school and having somebody else with that perspective, you know, to be able to help me sort of think about that. It didn't take much. I just needed to know that there was something there that I didn't see. Um, after that, when I had that internship in North Carolina, I was in Salisbury, North Carolina, I you know, put, paid like $1,700 for a Nissan Altima and drove up to Salisbury, got a small studio apartment with a bed coming out of the wall, knew nobody there. But my first day there was also the first day back of this site leader, this plant manager. Um, I didn't know that the factory was in the middle of a union campaign. Um, and you could give context to what the implications of that are. But this this plant manager, um, his name's Ty Jeffers, uh graduated from North Carolina AT, grew up in Burlington, North Carolina. He went through the program eight years or nine years before me, through this rotational program, and they asked him to come back to 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 regain trust in the workforce, who was now feeling like they needed union representation to be able to be treated you know, equitably. And, and typically when that happens, it's a failure of leadership in, or is viewed as a failure of leadership in some way, shape or form. So the site leader and the HR leader tem- tend to be the most accountable for that um, because that's usually where the trust has been broken. right? So-
1: And what'd you say his name was? You said Tyler?
2: Uh, Tyrone, Tyrone. Oh, Jeff-
1: Tyrone. Would you say that Tyrone was sort of that first step professionally into understanding or establishing a dynamic between a mentor-mentee, sponsor-type sponsor sponsor of relationship uh, or coaching? Would you say that that was your first interaction with that type of guidance uh, professionally?
2: It was in my professional life, absolutely. So during that internship, while one, um, the plant was going through a tumultuous time, um, Ties was spending his time trying to understand the problems of people. So I was able to get a front row um, seat to, you know, what it's like for a leader to come in in a very difficult time and actually lead um and at a plant manager level. In addition to that, while being extremely busy as an intern, he was pulling me into his office once a week and just teach me about metrics. You know, this is quality. This is safety. This is productivity. This is on time. This is how we measure those things. And and he told me specifically, it was like, look, Shaq, you're not going to remember all of these things. But um, the next time you hear it, it, won't be the first time. And it'll give you a leg up um, to other people that don't have this perspective. And, you said uh,
1: something that I think was a gem, right? Understanding the problems of people, right? Um, and Leah's really good at this because, you know, she's a career coach extraordinaire, right? <laughs> and, and Leah, way in here. But that seems to be the first step when establishing trusting relationships uh, professionally, right, with that Coaching, mentorship, sponsorship relationship, in addition to a workforce or a team, right? That's true leadership.
2: Absolutely.
0: Mishak and I had got to have a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and which kind of sparked us on this similar thought pattern um, of having these sponsorship experiences early on in our career, and then that sponsorship accelerating our careers, right? Giving us unique opportunities that otherwise we might not have been able to be on the short list for. And then how that has rolled forward for us to reinvest in people in a similar way. And then also, you know, begin coaching intentionally, right? Like building out resources for others who may not have gotten that tap on the shoulder, right? The people who may not have gotten pulled into the tie's office to learn more about mm-hmm. the game. So, so it is super impactful. What are your thoughts on like how it accelerated your career, having that kind of support and um, sponsorship early on? And what did that mean for you?
2: Yeah, it was it was a huge accelerator. It, it, I hadn't had that perspective. I'd never stepped foot in a factory before that internship. And again, my whole experience leading up to that point, academically, was engineering, but professionally, was working in a in an industry that had nothing to do with you know what I was going to school for. And so entering that space at that time with a leader who not just took time but made time. Right, he had plenty of other things to do, but he made time for this. Was tremendous for me. Um, and he wasn't just a coach and a mentor for me professionally, he also was personally. So he talked to me about finances and, and how to balance budgets and how to invest, right? So, so he was, you know, he, he played a big role there. It really was a big prompt for me to set my first goal, um, which was to be a site leader. And so I said, I wanted to get to a place where I at least had the skills to effectively run a plant. And that was, and he was a big part of me setting that goal. What I knew about that at the time was that at, at least if I set that goal, It gave me some clarity in terms of the roles and the experiences I needed to get to get to that point and then I can have a different vantage point and make a different decision beyond that that was really what I said for myself.
1: You know what's really cool Misha, is that throughout our careers actually throughout our lives right we will meet people and have interactions that really make an impact on us it could be one conversation it could be uh, a small interaction but just the way you talk about Tyrone right Uh, And just the fact that unprompted, right, you know, we had asked you a little bit more of like a a blanket question and you honed in on this relationship with this gentleman that, you know, obviously had a huge impact on you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fast forward, right? You said that was your first internship. So I won't date you, but, you know, let's let's say, you know, fast forward 10 years at least. Um, How are you paying that forward?
2: Yeah. No No shade.
1: No shade. I didn't mean at least just fast forward
2: listen, ambiguous amount listen. Of years. <laughs> I, um, I'm a burn believer that practice that I don't run from my age and I don't run towards my age I, I am where I'm supposed to be and, and I don't worry about it beyond that so just no shade taken
0: Okay. That's cool. a
1: life so, how, so how are you paying it forward now?
2: So there's a couple things that I've done throughout that time. Um you know, I spent about 11 years at GE and I've mentored a, a, a more people than I can remember. Um I actually set my 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 objective to say, you know, it's in my bio, you know, my intent is to positively impact the lives of um, as many people as possible on um, beyond just my immediate family and so I, you know, every, every person that I see opportunities through, through recruiting at, um, at um, HBCUs, specifically a being one of them, you know, finding folks that maybe even if they're not at the place where they're ready. Um, I'm giving them my personal information and I'm providing mentoring in that way. Um, beyond that, within um, both GE as well as Inga Sorang. Hey, you're,
1: you're not sending them to the website, to the portal, and saying, go ahead and upload your resume. That's, that, that's, that's real, real nice
0: to give you a personal. The black hole.
2: That's not real hope. Do you all hear uh, that,
1: listeners? People who really care and people who have had a positive interaction with you, Exhibit A, they will give you their personal information, whether it's their email address, their phone number. Then you know you've done something right.
2: No question, no question. Um, so so that's one, you know, I've, I've mentored, like I said, just um, probably hundreds uh, at this point of, of folks, um, and I and also bring it into just my normal leadership style. So now, you know, the role that I have, um, I have, you know, responsibility kind of directly and indirectly for somewhere between 700 and 1000 people. But, you know, within that, you know, I'm, I'm, I have one on ones on my calendar every week. Um, and it's un, unlimited. Who, who you know, people have access to it at, at different levels of the organization, and it, and it's all them initiating it with me, and and I tell them at the end every every conversation, if you get value from it, do it as frequently as you want. If you want to talk to me every day, every week, every month, if you need it and you get value from it, then um then do it. And and what you find is that the people who really um, want it, they'll stick with it, and 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 folks naturally fade away who aren't either ready to receive that coaching or 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 not interested in it. Um, so I'm very open with with my time and the coaching that I provide folks.
0: That's amazing. It's amazing that you as a senior leader, right, haven't forgotten that people continue to need support, right, consistently. And those, and that's a real gem for folks who are getting supported by someone who's senior or someone who is not senior in the organization, doing something with the feedback and the coaching that folks are giving you, taking the time but actually then going to apply it is really the game changer, right? You wanna make sure that folks believe the time that you they spent with you was well used and it was a good investment. And you also wanna make sure that, you know, you're only taking the time that you need so that others can have the same opportunity. But I think it's great that, you know, a lot of people forget what it's like to be early in their career and they're not willing to make themselves available when folks have difficult questions, right? Or are challenged, because like you said earlier, folks, you can get busy and, you know, you can justify never you know, spending any time coaching or mentoring folks, but for folk, for somebody like you to do it and be invested in it, and there's so few, I'm sure, of Black men in your industry who are doing that. We need lots of support, right, to bring up the next generation of leaders. So, talk a little bit more about where you see yourself in the future and how your um, leadership and all of the credentialing that you're doing that you're getting now is going to really take you into the next season of your career.
2: Yeah, if I can do that, and then also I, I wanted to jump to the original question, which was on um, what prompted me to get the EMBA. Um, but but there's two specific um, distinct mentors that I've had in my life, and so I wanted to just use real examples versus sort of the the general idea around.
1: Sorry, um, Misha, I'm just gonna jump in. For those uh, listening, an EMBA is an executive MBA. <laughs> right? I'm gonna be the acronym queen, Lia's. <laughs> Hey, no, nah, that's hey, fantastic. Hey that's we can't fantastic. assume everyone everyone knows. I, listen, what everybody
2: both is. of them have been spot on. The the Nesby um um and i executive master's in, in in business administration. I, I All think right, both. Go of them ahead. Are, go ahead. I just wanted great, to. Great. Sure. No, thank you. I appreciate that. You are. I told. I I prompted it to say. I was fully confident that you were going to do your job and do it well. <laughs> so so I appreciate that. So, the, so I want to share both of those. One of the, one of the things that I, I really took from the experience that I had with Ty and then leading up to that, another gentleman, Dwight Gibson. Um, Dwight Gibson, Howard graduate, Stanford, London School of Economics. Um, he's, he's leading a, a $4 billion public company, Blue Links um, Corp down in Atlanta now. I'm um, doing an amazing job there. He was at Ingersoll Rand when I arrived at in Ingersoll Rand. So I had Ty as a mentor at the start of GE. And then I met Dwight at Ingersoll Rand. Dwight had just come back from Europe. Um, he was, he was, he was running a, a part of a business within the company. And, um, and we, and we connected, you know, Jamaican roots, grew, grew up in Brooklyn. You know, we related on a lot of levels and he was only about six or seven years older than me. And, um, and we connected. He was actually the one that really um, encouraged and pushed me to, to, to go um, back to school to get an MBA. And between those times, I actually started a master's in supply chain at Penn State. I started it. I was actually continuing it. And and when I left GE to go to Ingersoll Rand. It you know it was going to require another extension of like a year, a year and a half of schooling, and, and financially, I just decided I would get an MBA, but I had to put it off because I yeah you know, I got I was married, but then I had children, I was running a factory, you know there was just a lot of a lot going on, so I decided to just wait to get the MBA, and I decided after a lot of encouragement from Dwight, if I was going to do it, I was going to do it two years ago. Hold on. And if I wasn't going to do it two years ago, I was going to write it off. It wasn't required for me to continue. I think I'd still get to a vice president level and continue my career, but it was just one of those pivot points. And, and he really encouraged it. Long story short, Ty is actually also at SPX Flow. So I had these both these mentors in SPX Flow at the same time, which was like a, a tremendous um, outcome for me. During that time, I also decided to model a, a leadership academy and a, and a coaching program after the mentorship that I got for Ty and Dwight, recognizing that as I was going to HBCUs, as I was recruiting at other schools, I saw a big difference between the experiences that I found for Black professionals, speaking frankly, and others, you know, their readiness, their preparedness. And and I made a lot of conscious decisions to to prioritize um, going to schools where I felt like I could add more value, not just recruit and and pull resources, but how can I contribute and, and maximize my time there? You know, I started to build this leadership academy modeled after the the gaps that I saw there, and what I received being fortunate, um, you know, from Ty and Dwight.
0: Mishak, we followed a similar path in that um, identification, right? Being in corporate America and being kind of a proxy, right? Having your foot in two, two worlds all the time, and then seeing the opportunity that people who are prepared, people who have the relationships, people who have the network, seeing what they can do and what what opportunities they're afforded. I personally got invested in it through my own volunteerism, right? Nesby is where it started. And then, you know, started a business that helped to close those gaps. And to be candid, you know, Black and Brown people were not getting the same level of opportunities and exposure. And it wasn't because they weren't smart. It wasn't because they weren't capable. It wasn't because they weren't savvy. They had all of that. They just needed an opportunity for someone to mold them, right? Give them the guidance and support that they needed so, so that they can build a thriving career. I love that you talk about that. I love that you're using HBCUs as a vehicle, right? To make sure that folks get those opportunities. So now I'm curious, as you think about what your long-term kind of impact is going to be, what made you build that program and why now? Why was it so important for you to do it now to model?
2: The Leadership Academy is my future. Ultimately, you know, I I intend to continue to grow my career, um, you know, within I would say corporate America, for lack of a better word. Yeah, you know, I always also do some things in the private space, and I've got other projects that I work on. But I do intend to enjoy. I mean, grow and 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 advance to to at least get to an officer level in in a public company. Um, that that's my intent. Um, you know, ideally a COO position. Um, you know, something. You know, that's right. Yes. Yeah, state me, your chat. intent. There you go.
0: State your intent. <laughs> I like it. Let's go
2: yeah def- definitely um you know and at least that or you know somewhere where I'm, I'm continuing to contribute on the strategic side as well as you know leveraging my experience in operations um at the same time i think that just continues to give me more relevant experience and, and broaden a network for the leadership academy that i'm building but the leadership academy is ultimately that's sort of my future and and um you know my intent is to continue to sort of build that um as i go um and and it, through that you know i it, I I stepped back and thought about this issue, you know, for lack of a better word, of diversity within companies and, you know, companies, um, many of them over the last couple of years have stated an intent to improve the diversity, and let's just say specifically for Black professionals, um, because there's a, this is a big, big challenge. Each group of folks that you're trying to increase within an organization, you know, takes its own unique focus. But if I just talk about Black professionals and, and the company's specific stated, tend to increase the population of Black professionals, I see that as sort of a, a problem that has three pieces to it, three parts to it. One is um, being able to go to places where Black people are being educated and, and Black people um, spend time to be able to attract the best talent of Black professionals. The, the other is being able to look at the folks that are inside of your organization through a different lens and being able to engage them differently, develop them differently, and give them the opportunities that they need to, to achieve whatever it is that they aspire to achieve when they walk through your doors. And then I think the last piece of it is making sure that the environment with for all folks, particular Black professionals or, or in, in whatever environment is what I would consider to be the most marginalized folks within the organization. Um, and, and I say the most marginalized because I, I think that that varies depending on the context of that conversation, like every meeting you're in throughout the day, you can kind of look at who's in the meeting right, and you can kind of get a sense of who's more likely to be marginalized, it might be the black woman in that meeting it actually might be the Asian woman in a, in a different meeting right it, it could be, you know the the mother, um, you know who's, who's in a meeting it, right? it just depends I don't put a blanket on black people always oh, the most marginalized. But many times in corporate settings, Black women actually tend to be the most marginalized in in, in many environments that I've observed, at least. And I think your ability to focus on, on that person and create environments that are the right environment for those folks, as well as everyone else, allows you to know that you're thinking about all the people within your workforce and not just the majority of the workforce.
1: And when you think about why now, right? I mean, because the time is now. We've been forced into a reckoning right whether companies were ready or not whether they had already started making strides or not and what better time than now to pursue this academy that you've started right and yeah
2: and i have time like i have perspective i have experience and i have time to do it right so so i didn't i didn't have enough to teach somebody you know 10 years ago i i did but i was i was doing that right at that level i think at this point now I've been able to see things through enough lenses to say, hey, th- this, is, this is something that's missing. It's actually, my view, a space that, that is missing in. And I think it's between that point where you bring somebody in an early career and their ability to kind of get to that director level position. I think that there's programs that get you into college. There's plenty of high school programs. And I think that there's programs that find people that are like in that directors just under director level in companies. And can sort of accelerate. Your know, executive leadership council is a great one, or a great example of that. I think there's this space in the middle. Uh, there's a big group of folks that are getting neglected, and I think that I've over time, you know, leading in multiple different states and multiple different organizations, going through that leadership experience over and over again, where I meet a team and I recognize that they've been underwhelmed by leadership and coaching and, and real. Um, feedback. They're just getting, you know, um, passed on as, hey, you're, you meet expectations, move on, right? Everybody experiences that. And I think the folks that are, again, most marginalized experience it the worst, because as a leader, you're going to rely on your biases when, you, when you're not able to sort of give folks feedback. So the folks that kind of are, look more like you, that relate more to you, they are, end up fine. Hence, this is how it turns out. But the folks that don't look like you and don't relate to you, those biases neglect them. And, that, and that's kind of what I found. And so this, I needed this time to get that perspective and really get a lot of clarity on what I wanted to create that now is really the time for me to build that and have that be something that lasts longer than I do.
1: Yes, Meshach, career acceleration.
0: We will lift as we climb. There we go. And I mean, not only did Mishak, I feel like did a great job, like it sits in three places, broke it down real operationally. That's the, the, I was go. gonna say that's
1: the operation
0: mindset, the got really, the
2: middle, of the engineer middle. and engineering, MBA. Middle. I, I want felt to, so at <laughs> home.
0: I felt so seen in that moment. Like, yes, talk it. Yes, do it. So I mean, Mishaq, this has been great. We really, we really appreciate you joining us on the episode. We also appreciate you making this kind of investment in the talent for the future, right? And I think programs like yours, work that you're doing, work that this podcast, you know, aspires to do and has been doing for folks in career, this is where the real transformation is. And Amma said, like, like we've been forced into a reckoning. So people who are gonna get it right are gonna win. Companies who are gonna get it right are gonna win. Companies who don't are going to be somewhere where they don't want to be on the long term. So thinking about the great resignation, or I like to call it the redistribution of talent is going to continue to be a ripple effect for generations to come. So preparing your organization today for the talent you want to see tomorrow is the only way you'll be successful. The old ways just don't work. There is no back to normal version of this. Now mm-hmm. we're you know setting a seed for a whole new future. So this has been an amazing conversation. Amma, do you have any closing thoughts for us?
1: No, just thank you for joining us, Mishak. I mean, you really shared some impactful uh, works and and how you're not only you know use the opportunities that you experience the organizations that helped propel you and accelerate your career, but how you're moving it forward, right? And it takes time, it takes experience, it takes certifications, education, to be able to give back uh, so that others are as prepared and we can continue to fill that gap. So I just wanna say thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you for for sharing uh, with us today on the podcast. And We just really appreciate. It. We gotta have you. We gotta. We gotta have you come back because it's almost like we were really, we were really starting to ramp up, no, getting to the I know, meat and potatoes. I, I, I heard. I heard the excitement, the voice. Uh, so we'll have to continue exactly. the conversation another time, and maybe you can even bring along. Some mentees or some of the mentors that made it. I actually
2: have a perfect one. Um, I actually have a perfect one, and, and and I appreciate it. Um, in in the in the space of these three parts, um, yeah, I've, I've focused a lot on that middle part, which is like developing folks and, and helping advance that. Um, but in the process of doing that, I met a young man. His name is Bilal Isifu. Um, he just graduated from North Carolina a Um, he's the CEO of Unchained Inc. Um, and Unchained Inc. is a virtual recruiting platform specifically around HBCUs. Um, so we, we actually have you know, arms around thousands of students across over 37 HBCUs nationally right now. And the company is a tech platform that, that actually facilitates virtual career fairs in the fall and in the spring. And, and that's somebody that I met similarly needed perspective. You guys do an amazing job at getting their arms around um, early career talent you know, for companies. And, and they really needed to put the perspective of corporate america and and so he's a he's somebody that i mentor right now um, I'm, at, I'm at the advisory board for that that business and um he's somebody i think would be great to bring in because he's actually had the front row seat to the experience within hbcus around um, career development and around access to roles he saw that issue and decided rather than jump into corporate america i'm going to solve it so we should talk about that one that might be a great great person to bring on on with me and, and talk through that
0: amazing to be continued.
2: Absolutely.
0: So this has been an episode of career gems for the journey podcast. We really do appreciate all you guys for listening to us today. And we are looking forward to the next time you join us um, on the podcast and our next dope, amazing guest who's doing fantastic things and dropping gems all over the episode. So appreciate you guys for riding with us today and we will see you on the next episode.
1: Bye now.
0: This was Ama
1: Gordon and Leah Murphy. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this episode gave you some real gems that you can use on your own career journey. Come back for the next episode and be sure to follow us on social at Gems for the journey on Instagram and Career Gems for the journey on LinkedIn. You can also email us at info at org with any questions or comments you may have.